Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, RFU Refugees Podcast. Ted here, John here, talking DC United, Washington Spirit, U.S. Men's and Women's National Team. Much, much sadder news. Pretty much, uh, pretty much across the board. I, I guess we have some some happiness on the field with the Spirit still getting ready for the playoffs. Uh, they were off this week. John, how are you doing, man? How was your How was your weekend? Other than Other than soccer sadness, it was good. I got to well, you know, it was still sad, but I got to watch the uh, the Wednesday game from the field. Uh, in the super fancy seats, and that was fun. And I got to see some Jerry Springer esque uh, shenanigans to my right, <laughs> and then I got to watch them almost come back uh, and also start the game pretty hot. Uh, not so much uh, this weekend game, though. Yeah, no, not <laughs> not so much. Sadness Sat- all about it. It was a rough. Uh, it was a rough soccer day. I'm. I'm um, I I actually so so the New York game. I I had decided to go to um, a, a viewing party because. Uh, the Richmond Kickers are playing Union Omaha, the top team in the league. Uh, they win that game. They're probably getting a home playoff game, and, and it was kind of a big game. Uh, it was sort of a a. It was very funny. It was very much, I think, like the um, what we witnessed with DC in that kickers controlled about 60, 70 minutes of play, going towards the end. I'm thinking, okay, a point's not you know terrible. I think that keeps us you know kind of alive for for some things. Uh, and then they, uh, you know, Mahog gets two quick goals, and, and that's all. That's all she wrote. Uh, the DC game was much more sad. I, I kind of had one eye on it for about thirty minutes, and uh, then took my eyes completely away from it, um, averted my eyes uh, from from seeing anything else. So lucky uh, bad, you. Bad news all around. Lucky you. I saw the whole thing. <laughs> I saw the whole. But then thing. I. Uh, but 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 then the uh, Liverpool, I guess, uh, uh, you know, beat beat the crap out of Man United, and anytime Man United loses is a is a good day for me. And Liverpool winning too, so that that made up a bit for the for the weekend uh, for me. So, but yeah, uh, let's let's jump right into it. Uh, let's talk. Uh, let's talk. Unless anything else you wanted to add? Sorry. No, I, I mean Chelsea it. also won by a by large margin, but that doesn't excite me as much. And I am not muted on my Twitch. Uh, yeah, so I'm happy for I'm happy for Chelsea also putting the smackdown. <laughs> it was a, it was a weekend of ridiculous scorelines. Uh, I don't know yeah. why, it just happened that way. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely happened that way. Let, let's start with the, um, I, I guess the 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 for DC United the less less bad yes. part of DC United, uh, which was Wednesday, three uh, two loss uh, to New England. Uh, probably the most interesting thing to to start the to start the the week was the was the lineup choices for both teams. I think we all had kind of speculated, uh, you know, would new you know. If, let me say this, man. Bruce Reed is a master of the media, and and I I do have a a sense to wonder. If possibly uh, he got in the he got on you, he talks about how, you know, oh, the spirits, the shield doesn't really matter to me. I'm not really caring about the shield. Oh, it doesn't matter. And Ron, here's that quote. OK, maybe he's going to rest some guys. So I'm going to rest some guys, too. Uh, I'm going to pull some guys, you know, no Nahar, no Paredes. Uh, you know, I'm going to kind of play play a reserve lineup. And then uh, Bruce Arena's like, gotcha, sucker. <laughs> here's uh, Gustavo Bo, Adam Butska and Carl's Gill. Go have fun. Uh, so I saw that lineup and I was like, "Ooh boy!" Uh, but for most of the game, uh, it was pretty much all DC. Uh, it was one-way traffic. I believe the expected goals finished with DC uh, above two goals and the uh, and New England Revolution with one. So most of that game was pretty much all DC. What did you see from the from the field from the sidelines? Yeah, certainly the first uh, the first forty five were were really all one-way traffic uh, for DC United. The <laughs> I, I, the one thing I wanted to really call out was Nigel Roberto was actually really good. Goal aside, mm-hmm. he played. That was like a. That, did he play full ninety here? He did. 
That was like yeah. a, that was a complete performance. That was his best game as a decent United player, and I was really excited by it. Uh, the you know the goals that were scored were just sort of weird situations. Uh, like uh, Buxa's assist on the Gustavo Bo goal was ridiculous. He had two men on him, and he basically just like back he backheeled in the box to an open to an open player. Uh, and the Carlos Hill goal, he basically did the fake FIFA shot four times. Uh, outside the 18 and everyone was just sliding around like there was no gravity uh and scored so it, was just, it wasn't for lack of trying it was just very very bizarre uh and the books header the first one was uh bill hamid kind of kind of rooted uh there but there was a lot that there was a lot of conversation about you know is a is a fully healthy bill hamid and he wasn't healthy the whole he was healthy from the start and then he had a, had a cramp in the first half but what a fully i think a cramp uh, would, it, would a fully healthy Bill Hamid been able to have been more of a threat on some of those goals or stopping some of those goals? I don't know, maybe. But uh, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think it was the I think it was the uh, the okey doke by Bruce to start the game was interesting. It, it, now it turns out the Andy Nahar being held out was not st- straight like strategy at all. Like he's just hurt. Apparently, he's still been hurt. He's still on the list. He didn't play. He didn't play uh, this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Probably good that he didn't. No, play, maybe play on, none play of them on should Saturday. Have <laughs> we should have brought Loudon up there. And just we should, we should the have said, you know what? We'll just take we'll, we'll just take the three nothing loss and just 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 go on our merry way. I was just thinking that after way. after they were down three nothing, like in fifteen minutes, it's like just everyone just was leave. Like what happens? And MLS <laughs> is probably going to suspend us if we all just get on the bus and go home. But we <laughs> we skipped yeah, already. I mean, basically. I mean, basically, we do want to mention that, you know, in this game, I mean, D.C., despite losing, showed some fight. Uh, they uh, get a very, very nice ball uh, from Kevin Paredes that finds Albia into the back of the net. Um, so in that case, uh, you know, I think I think uh, Paredes came off the bench. So, I mean, not a again, another another game where you can see this team kind of fight back. Now, I was a little bit I was a little bit upset at Albia because I think he was like scored the goal and started blowing kisses to the crowd. I don't know how much it impacted. But I was like, "What are you doing, dude? Get get yourself back to the line. Like we've got like three, four more minutes of of extra time." They weren't waiting. To, New England to, wasn't to get waiting a point on him. out of this. <laughs> so I, I think I, I wasn't like New England was like, "All right, yeah, let's yeah. do the quick restart." But yeah, I thought it was. You know, I don't know. I, I, I went over yeah, and hugged. I don't, he, I don't he, know what to say. He, he went over and hugged Yamil, a soon to be former DC United player, uh, and uh, you know, like you said, threw some kisses to the crowd. Uh, but and they almost yeah. honestly. They had two more chances there in the extra time because they had s- six minutes and they played seven and a half, and there was another opportunity mm-hmm. for them to score within that time. So it's a it's a bummer. It was a good it was a good it was a great header, awesome ball by Paredes on the assist, like a plus. Mm-hmm. Having he has not he has not put a cross in like that in a few games, so that was good to see. Yeah, and and I think uh, you know uh, Ernaldo Sada called out uh, Matt Turner uh, again. He is probably the MLS goalkeeper of a year for for a very good reason uh, in what he's been able to do to keep this uh, keep this New England team sort of alive in games uh, when they really shouldn't be. Uh, it did definitely feel like I'll say this, and, and I was kind of thinking about the uh, the Orlando New England game, which I think was on Sunday. Uh, that it it appears it does appear that there was almost a. Bruce Arena, I don't know if it's like coached or anything like that, but this New England team is just really good. They, they're just able to turn it on and they're able to get results um, and they're able to kind of put themselves, you know, they're they've once it becomes personal, then they're like, OK, let's go. All right. We'll play soccer now. That's fine. 
Um, I, I don't know what it means. I don't know what it means for the playoffs, but it's just something I've noticed over the past couple games from them. Two things, um, too. Adam Buxa, I believe, is like tied for third or fourth in Europe in World Cup qualification goals for Poland. <laughs> the man is uh, is playing with supreme confidence. If you watched that game, you saw that. Uh, Angus letting us know in the chat that uh, he believes that uh, uh, Ramon was kissing his, uh, blowing kisses at his family. And now we have to be, now we okay. can say he could take his time. <laughs> Do, do whatever you want, and Fine. I guess too. To, so I should, I should, I will give my, I will give my accounting of what I saw, of the thing, of of the tweet that got a little bit of attention uh, this week. So around the seventieth minute, uh, I looked over to my right and I saw a woman uh, walking down uh, the row of her section, uh, <laughs> reaching over and pouring a what I have now realized was a mixed drink on the head of. A DC United player or two. They're close enough that there was probably some uh, some spillover. Uh, and then all of them looked up to see what was up, and she flicked them off, and then walked very very slowly down the stairs to the concourse. Her boyfriend, I'm assuming boyfriend, her the guy who was with this woman, the the look on his face was, I, I, <laughs> it, I it's a look that's been on men's faces before uh, at, at bars when maybe. The person you're with has had a few too many and is going a little bit out of pocket. And you're like, I don't have to fight anybody about this. Uh, sort of a defeated look, but also sort of like, well, I'm, I'm in now. I've got to go for this. She just walks down. Uh, the players and uh, the player that got uh, drenched first. I have never seen someone call the police so quickly. <laughs> there was there was a cop on the field. That guy was like, he's like, boop, pointing over, pulling him over. And she was uh, accosted by the police and maybe like... 10 seconds. Uh, it was, it was some wild stuff. Uh, I don't, I don't know. There's some, there is, uh, there were obviously quite a few eyewitnesses because it happened in front of <laughs> a full, a full house <laughs> of people. Uh, but, uh, apparently this person may have had some problems with ushers, uh, previously for, for maybe being drunk enough to pour, uh, a, a drink on someone, uh, but, or, or not, we don't know, but it was a, it was a wild distraction that, you know, all the players, all the staff that was over there, the cops in the corner, and the game was still going on for for another twenty minutes. So that happened. DC, I wouldn't have known had I not been there. That information would not be known by us. Good thing we know it. Yeah, cra- crazy, uh, crazy stuff. What do we? Getting back to the action on the field um, a, a little bit. Uh, what are what are any other thoughts from from that New England game before we very very briefly and, and we're going to transition through that game through the next game real quick? Let me tell you folks, uh, we're not going to dwell much on this game. <laughs> any other thoughts from that New England game that that you want to bring up or anything? It was a loss. It was a loss to a to the best team in the league, and in mm-hmm. a fashion that made you not lose hope. Right? I think I think yeah. you're like that sucked, but it's New England and they're amazing this year. Uh, so that's going to happen to you. You gave them a chance and they, and they took it. Uh, but so that I think that was key. That was sort of like, all right, yeah, but now we've got these games coming up and we're going to crush them. Uh, we're going to we're going to go up to New York and we're going to get a win uh, because they've been horrible lately. So we should. So therefore, I think that was my headspace leaving that game. I was like, all right, not a big deal. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that was kind of, I guess, uh, shucks, that stinks. Uh, New, New York is crit- New York is big. New York is critical. Uh, and it still is, um, even though I, I've done some analysis that shows uh, the the. Well, I'll get to it in a minute. But I, I guess that was my thought too. Um, you know, I thought again they played well for sixty minutes. I, I think both games, uh, the New York City game, 
for different reasons and for different different pieces of evidence have underscored uh, just how much this team needs to catch up uh, with the rest of the league. They need there is no more excuses now. You have a new coach. You have a coach that is playing a system that that is excites fans, and you need to give him the ability to go get players that he wants. Uh, DC needs all three DP slots filled. Yes, they need to. They need them all filled. Uh, I, we can make an argument about about whether two of those current DPs should remain DP designated players. Uh, there have been some arguments. Well, you know, hey, make Paul Riola a TAM level player, make Edison Flores a TAM level player, and you have those spots open up. Um, well, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens in the off season. We're still, you know, technically alive, and I think if <laughs> you know if if if, if we do if we do what we should um, and, you know, what we should in the next three games, it's not going to be easy. Uh, then they can they still have a good shot of making the playoffs. And I'll get a little bit technically alive Let's, is the best kind of alive for sure. Technically, we've got it. We've got a We've got a song, I believe, from a listener. here. We got a song coming up from Eric. Eric, go ahead, my friend. The floor is yours. You're going to lead into our next game. Hey, guys, rather than talk about the game, I had feelings. So I wrote a song. Awesome. Go ahead. He was having a pretty good season. I thought they might do quite well. These last three games have people believing that we're going through hell. No, I don't believe the nine low starters to blame or the players he feels. I know we've been injured for roughly 10,000 games, or at least that's the way it feels. And I say, vamos, vamos United. Esta noche tenemos que ganar. Vamos, vamos United. Esta noche tenemos que ganar. Thank you. Cheers, my friend. Cheers, my friend. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, all right. That's a, that's a first song. That is show. that is first, a first. first song. Eric gets a Eric gets a badge. Uh, if I don't know if he's a I don't know if he's a Twitch viewer or what, but he gets a badge for sure for that one. Absolutely. Um, but uh, that brings right into the brings right into the game. Uh, New York City. Uh, so we're getting this game, and I I right. I think you know part of the analysis was well, we're going to Yankee Stadium. We play a very pressing style. Pressing style has done very well against New York City. So a lot of people were like, hey, I think DC could do well. That was not the case. Uh, that was not the case. <laughs> oh. uh, game opens up first minute. I think New York scores a goal. Uh, so I think there was very much a kind of a shell shock. Uh, second goal was, uh, let's just say, Hamid whiffs on a clearance. Uh, and then uh, Burmam stumbles. And that is honestly the only analysis. That was a, uh, the only real analysis. It was a Gerard, a Gerard <laughs> level slip there. I was, uh, got a little yeah. flashbacks, I'm sure, for you for a second. <laughs> oh yes, it's okay. We won, we won the Premiership. Those those, those flashbacks That's, get less and less. I understand. Every, every year, um, but yeah, that, I mean that, that that that's really all I have to say about the game. That that game was over. At that point, it was over. Mm-hmm. Hernan, you know, rage subbed. Not really rage subbed, but just like, all right, this is done. Let's just, I, we'll call it a capitulation. Every, we'll call it. Uh, we'll call it man management. We'll call it game yeah. state awareness. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we got Angus on the line wants to talk about the game, so we'll, we'll take Angus, it away. We'll Angus, we'll talk about it, so we don't have to. Angus, talk about this game. Exactly. <laughs> take take that bullet for us, oh, my friend. Uh, it was it was a game, wasn't it? Um, it was. I, I had a very rough sports weekend, uh, as I as I made aware on Twitter. It, it was a it was a rough weekend for me. Um, I spent the spent the, the afternoon 
at uh, the USA uh, All Blacks rugby game, and which I knew was going to be a loss, right? I knew that was coming, and I was just hoping that I'd go home and, and be able to, like, cleanse my palate with some excellent soccer on a very small field, which it seems like this team is almost built to play on, considering we shortened Audi Field this year to be a better – to, to better suit an attacking, pressing style. And we've got players on the team in Paredes, in Nahar, in Perez even, who play uh, with a very technical style that is all about beating players on the dribble and handling the ball in tight situations. I mean, Perez literally played on a futsal, a futsal court, which isn't much bigger than Yankee Stadium. And Dave Johnson made that known in the broadcast. So I hope he's okay, and I hope that – um, he's not another injury that we have to worry about. I know he's just coming back from the broken foot, so there may or may not have been complications with that. But man, oh man, was I not in a very good headspace watching this game 10 minutes in. I was like, really, this again? Like, I don't know what it was. We just seemed flat. And this is the first time I think I've seen a DC United team as flat as they ever were since Ben Olsen, Right. And I hate saying this, but I don't think a Pendleton team loses 6 nothing like that in New York. We at least scored when we got shit out by New York last year, right? It was like 4-1, or was it 4 nothing? But we didn't we didn't concede 6. Right, that's yeah, true. And, and man, oh man, is it... You see the slipping and sliding people were doing all over that field, and I gotta wonder, did the... Did we bring the right cleats? Like, what what happened? <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of that. There was there there was a uh, I'm remembering now like three occasions where they lost their footing, and obviously we're yeah. uh, you know Yankee Stadium, not the best platform for for soccer that you can find yourself on. But I think you know you talked about the fact that they just looked sort of outclassed or whatever. I feel like as soon as they went down three nothing, they just went into conservation mode. I think that there was there there was no they had no opportunities going forward. They were I think they were trying to limit damage at that point when they were down three nothing, and they couldn't unfortunately. Bill Hamid made about I think I think I looked during the game. Bill had made like seven saves and had still conceded five goals by that point. So, and and four of them were diving saves. So it could have been a lot worse. Like the DC was. There, it was not a two-party game. Basically, it was it was a one side. One team was trying to score, and the other team was trying not to die. Uh, and uh, one team did that well. <laughs> the other we one did not. We even had some decent opportunities towards the end there. I mean, Felipe had a good one. Scundrick had a good one. Coa, I thought was going to score. I, I feel bad for him. He's had a he's had a he's had a pretty decent play in that Nahar slot. It, it, it's almost surprising, and maybe. It's, just the coaching staff has the ability to transition a right back into a center back, but he, he was playing all right there. And granted new New York wasn't exactly stepping on our throats in the second half. I mean, they did score another two, but you know, it, it's, you got to give credit where credit's due. And he did a good job against new England on, on Wednesday as well. Cause he did get some playing time there. Yeah. I think it, so. it's good that they've turned him into a player that you can throw on the field. Because for you know injury yeah. for for a good half of the year, and then also either fitness or just not lack of opportunity. So yeah, I I, I think uh, and guys, I think this was being talked about on the Discord where we were at, and someone was basically like, "Yeah, Odeyatsum <clears throat> the ceiling is known for him," and I think that's probably true. Right. But that's also fine. Like I don't think you want him to be a starter on this team. I think you want him to be a rotation he, option. We need right. We don't need him to be Nahar. We need him to just be him. Like, yep. 
play depth. We need the depth guys. Yep. We can't and, be and, in Atlanta. We spending, the spending came out. We're not spending a lot of money. We can't be Atlanta and just have like people come off the bench that are insanely good at like exactly what Atlanta wants to play as. And especially this year because well, you know, we're still dealing with a lot of contracts. And next year will be different, right? That's my question for you, Angus. So I, you know, I talked about this after the game, and I just looking at the timeline, it was basically like after you know, <laughs> after everyone was sort of like going through the stages of ex- of acceptance and grief on being completely housed by New York City. Um, I, I I sort of synthesized everyone saying, okay, yeah, we 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 are backing into this playoff situation here in a way that we hoped that we wouldn't do. We we were we were a lot more put together a month ago and now we're sort of just limping in and hope we make it in. And even if we do make it in right now, based on this team, like probably it's not going to be, it's not gonna be a long time in the playoffs, but, uh, Aaron overperformed. I think with the roster that he has at his disposal, also including the fact that the players that they are paying the most, which he has alluded to many, many times are often not available due to injury. Uh, the team has, or national team duty or injury on national team duty. Uh, this is yeah. the, the the front office and the ownership, more of the ownership than the front office, have to back him this offseason or fans are going to be a lot less patient with results towards the end of the year. Like this run right now we're going on right now or just general disappointment, I don't think the fans will be as uh, patient and sympathetic as they are maybe this year. What do you think? You know... I think it depends on who they're voicing their frustration towards, right? Like last year and for many a year before, Ben Olsen was the easy scapegoat. He is literally the definition of a scapegoat in all facets of his soccer career post-player, right? Yep. You, you look at what he's done over the past decade and almost 15 years, and it's pretty much been like, okay, well, you can blame him pretty easily. The fans have an outlet to blame. You know, you see occasionally people calling for Casper's head, but then you have people defend him and saying, oh, well, look who he's been able to get on the cheap. Uh, Perez being a prime example of that, right? And it's like, okay, well, so maybe he's not all that bad. And maybe we can give him a little bit more slack because he's not doing the full GM role anymore. And maybe this and maybe that. But if they don't back him, then it's got to be a ownership change or we got to see some change, some more turnover in the front office than we already saw, right? Um, I don't necessarily think – Losada has proven that he's a good coach. Yep, and we shouldn't be mad at Losada for for a stretch like this if it were to occur next year, especially with how the playing style and the team is shaped is looking out, right? And in theory, next year we'll, we won't have as many games as rapidly, and World Cup qualifying, and the Gold Cup, and the Euros, and the Olympics, and the League's Cup, which might be a thing, which was which should have been a thing actually for us this year, but it wasn't uh, because. 2020 actually did have a season and we didn't play well in that but um you know with all these with this condensed of a schedule and in theory next year is supposed to be not as condensed i i don't see us having a run of games like this the five games in 15 days kind of thing to close out a season right nobody wants to do that and it's reminding me a lot of 2019 in that we had this we had wayne rooney we had lucho acosta we had the remnants of 2018 of the, of the Lucharu year. And we're like, okay, we should have a home playoff game. And we're getting into the last game of the season. And we're just sitting there like, we can't beat FC Cincinnati. And what is the reason for that? 
And I don't think this year we can blame Ben Olsen and his coaching or even Hernan Lozada and his coaching. I think this has to come down to personnel management um, and investment. Like, we, we met big on a DP. And one can argue that Paul shouldn't even be a DP. And we still have an open DP slot, right? I, I, even New England, who is one of the lower spending teams in MLS, has three DPs, and we don't. So who's making that call, and why can't we bring in the third guy? Yeah. Right? Yep. I think I, I would say that there is almost no conversation being had about Ernan disappointing right now. I think I, 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 I am alluding entirely to ownership needing to spend money. And that is, that is A, B, and C yeah. of the problem. I don't, you know, you, you mentioned Perez and a guy being found on the cheap. Awesome, fine on the cheap. Should not be a starter for your team. Great depth. That's fine. Spend the money no, on, on the 11, right? Be, those, should players, those should be players number 14 maybe on the depth chart. Like, they're not even your top three coming off the bench. Your yeah. cheap guys, like the Nahar, like the Perez, and Nahar is a weird example, right? Because <laughs> yep. he is, we knew what he was. We knew what he well, was before he left, and we were just hoping we could get a little bit of that, right? We weren't expecting what we were going to get from him, although I'm sure that they had some idea, right? I, I just, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but I mean, a testament, I, I think Perez is almost, um, I, I mean, I think if you look at the totality of who they brought in, it wasn't much, but most, if not all of it, is hit. Um, you know, yeah. Nahar has been a massive hit. Brendan Heinzike picked up a, picked up an unfortunate injury, but for the most part has been a hit. I mean, he is, he is, this defense absolutely ha- struggled there for a little bit without him. In Not, there. Nigel Roberta, is, uh, Nigel's getting there. Nigel had 75% yeah. of a season where he was a non-factor, but I agree. I think all he's said, made an impact. He's made an impact. All said, yeah, you're absolutely right. Impact. So therefore they were able to make, they were able to make a impact on the roster with a $1 million signing a free transfer from Andy or as pre-agent pickup and a loan deal from, from uh, Belgium. That's basically what they were able to do. And those, all those players hit. So now do that again, but get five X the money that you're willing to spend and then aim a little bit higher yeah. and then do it again. Absolutely. And the good thing is, is that's what we brought Rushton in to do, right? Like that's the mm-hmm. whole reason why Lucy Rushton is our now, now our general manager. Like she's supposed to bring that Atlanta United type player in. And what are Atlanta United type players? They're heavily spending. They're all heavy cash money. Like they invest money in their guys, right? Yep. And so if Lucy is given the tools to find the players that she was able to find for Atlanta, then we should hit on our DPs from now on. I mean, you look at the designated players DC United has had in the designated player era, and people were talking about this a couple weeks ago, but we really only hit on like maybe one or maybe two, you know? And you could even debate that Rooney wasn't really a DP hit. Like, if that's a debate, you know, it, 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 we haven't done a great job with our designated players. And the fact that we only have two, and really it's one and a half, because Paul is a very easy buy down this offseason. I think we should buy him down this offseason. Um, you know, it. who knows what will happen this offseason. We could have three new designated players next year. We could have no new designated players next year. And I would be equally as not surprised. Yeah, I, I I really don't know. I I like to think that this team is 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 at the very least turning over a new leaf. I'll be curious to see what they do with Edison Flores. I'll be curious to see what what direction this team sides. It's it's looking very different. It's looking very different than I'd say it did about a month ago. About a month ago, I'm thinking, oh, maybe yeah. we just need a couple new pieces. Now I'm like, 
I, maybe we need a lot more. <laughs> um, Angus, thanks so much for calling in, man. Uh, really appreciate it. Uh, and uh, always a pleasure to talk to you. Yeah, Eric, get, Eric did a fantastic job with that. Angus, get working, on your, you get working on your next trivia game. We always love that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll bring that with me next time. Thank you. Very good. Uh, All right, guys. Take care. One. So let's let's run yeah. down the DP list. I think that's I think that's a fun little trip down memory lane. I have it right in front of me. Well, here. go ahead. Well, well, first thing first thing I, I did want to I did want to respond a little bit about the the New York game. I, I don't count. I I don't look at this game as like a six nothing loss. I look at it as a three nothing loss with the other three goals not really mattering. Right. Uh, you know, you wake up in the morning and you know you you slip in the shower, you you bruise your eye. You go make your breakfast, you have your coffee, you spill your coffee. What happens the rest of the day? You might have some good things happen the rest of the day, uh, but the day is mostly bad at that point. That's kind of what happened in this game. DC slipped and fell flat on their face, and then trying to get up from that uh, is is very difficult. It, it wasn't just the nature of the fact they were down 3 nothing inside 10, 15 minutes. It was the way in which that they gave up those goals. Yes, I clown, think the clown, clown show. It was just everyone <laughs> horrible clown show. All right, last thing I want to say: yes, yeah. list of DPs. Yeah. All right, so let's let's run through the list here. Luciano Emilio, I think, absolutely a hit. He he's he's what? Yeah, golden boot winner, man. Golden boot I, winner. I, he he faded, of course, but he, I think I if you look at his if you look at again, his time, it's a, it's a sliding scale, I, right? Uh, again, uh, here, what what is Lucha? What is Lucha done? What is what is Lucha? What is Lucha doing for for FC Cincinnati right now? What is no, no, doing? I'm sorry, Luciano Emilio, Emilio. Oh, sorry, oh, sorry. I I was totally in another different realm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lu- no. Luciano, Luciano Emilio, absolutely. Twenty eleven and ten. Golden Boot. Twenty eleven and ten yeah. in three full seasons. Yeah. So absolutely, hundred percent. Lu Lu. Again, I you know okay. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna maybe I'm gonna maybe pause and say I think we need to kind of go. Post Luciano Emilio is fine to bring up. Totally one hundred percent, he would be a Tam level player in today's MLS. Not after he that first season, he would. I think he would have renegotiated his contract after. Uh, maybe, boot. maybe, maybe, but but I mean, in, in reality of his salary and what MLS was and what it is now, um, I mean, I think he would have been a Tam, a Tam level. Player. I love Lucho, love Lucho, but um, next next one, uh, Marcelo Gallardo. That's a F minus. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the very very bad. Uh, next, Bronco Boscovich, a player I have deep love and affection for. Uh, D minus, but yeah, B minus is fine. Like he he was he was D D. I'm saying oh, D minus. Well, he I mean, was not. Honestly. I feel like he was given very few opportunities, and it, when he was starting to get cooking, he tore his ACL. But and he was old already at that point. Anyway, it, uh, so the, 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 by the way, with, with designated players, it, the injuries impact things a lot. With their with designated players, Branko Boscovich. Th- there was a golden moment when I think I think honestly Dax McCarty would have really worked out here if Branko Boscovich had been there for that for that uh, twenty I think it was 20, 2011 season where it was him and Brank and there was like a brief like fifteen minutes when they were kind of like controlling that center of midfield um, and then Branko gets hurt and that's it. So uh, and an open that, cup that game. was always kind of, yeah open in an open cup game. Uh, so next up, Dwayne De Rosario. Success or or failure? What do you think? Six, I, honestly, a success. Uh, he he took a team. He took a team at the time. I always I Dero will always be one of my favorite players. Um, j- just twenty eleven, the way he came into this team. Uh, obviously, won the MVP that year. Twenty twelve had a a great season, and then got had an injury. Had a really really bad injury, and was really never the same player after that. Um, I I still wonder if he had not gotten that injury, what would have happened? I think this team. 
very, very, very clearly could have maybe made an MLS Cup run in 2012. I, I say that with supreme confidence with how well he was playing. Here's a little stats fun. Injury. A little stats fun for Dwayne. Uh, he scored 23 and 68 with DC. Uh, he scored 27 and 108 with San Jose. 24 and 78 with Houston. Uh, and then 27 and 57 with Toronto. So other than Toronto, he was uh, he was his most efficient uh, goal scoring with DC United at the tail end of his career. There were there were two players in DC United's recent history. I'll say, you know, post what you're talking about, the DP era of history. Lucho, maybe Luciano uh, Emilio plays in that role. But there were two players that could come into a game and they could change the outcome of that game. They they were they were Carlos Gill type players. They were Zellerion type players. It was Dero and Wayne Rooney. Yep, those were two players that could just absolutely affect a change, win, win a game by themselves. And, and DC hasn't had that. That hasn't had that very because that costs a lot of money. Generally, usually, yeah. Uh, next up, Hamdi Salihi, LBAD. <laughs> I would. I mean, I'm going F yeah, on that. F. I mean, that was oof, oof. Is yeah, he? Is he? Well, he's well. The, the hard part here is Gallardo uh, is like the is sets the the new score. So, uh, Hamdi scored six goals in 23. I regret the fact that I had a Hamdi Salihi jersey, but we'll move on from that. Uh, Rafael Gladiator, first young DP signed in 2013. That would be an F as well. Scored one goal against Columbus, never again. Good goal, though. <laughs> one. Good goal. That was a good goal. That was, yeah, that, that, was, that was bad. That was really bad. Uh, 2014? Ne- yep, next up, 2014, Eddie Johnson. 2014-2015. Had to retire early due to... A heart condition. What do you think about what do you think about him, Eddie Johnson, who I saw in a uh, in a Reagan National Airport one time. I don't know why I just saw him there. Yeah, I, I would I would see minus. I mean, there, there were there were some moments. There were some moments when he really played well in a game. Again, a lot of this, a lot of this, I do wonder if you get you know I I don't want to you know rag on Ben Olsen. I was just about to say that. I was there. just about to say yeah. not not a great coach for him. Uh, it would be really interesting to see him in a different system. And, you know, with there were, there was, go ahead. I was just going to say maybe a a coach that's not asking him to track back and defend as much perhaps. And just saying, Eddie, just save your juice to run in behind. That's what we want you for. Could could you imagine like, if you could get like a 2011, 2010 D row in this like DC United team, like if you were to able to transport that, how good Rosario would be in this type of pressing style. Like, unbelievable we didn't get that unfortunately (laughs) we got we got him we got him on a on a ben team uh next up fabian espindola i say b yeah b he was good he was good when he was here he loses Uh, a lot of things he loses points for uh, punching that goalie in the head yeah and being and being on the field though on the field good on the field 20 goals and 59 for him which is a great strike he he was a he he was a dude who who would just get mad and then just kind of like you know, he he would he would somehow score goals like it was that type of who's that that type of energy from him. And then the rest but. here are players we know: Paul, twenty seventeen; Wayne Rooney, twenty eighteen. Paul, let's let's grade Paul. Mm. On the whole, here he's now been here for five years, which seems insane to me, but is in fact true. that is that is that is crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> what do we think? Oh man, grading Paul. Um, it, it's hard to know because it, it, what expectations what expectations were i guess for paul Ariola when he came in he, not super he was, high he was a player he was a, a fringe player on the national team coming from tijuana where he was not an everyday starter no not 
Not not really. He wasn't a fringe player on the national team. He's a fringe player now, but at the time he came in, I mean, he started he started in the in the infamous Trinidad and Tobago game. He started through multiple games in World Cup qualifying. In a crucial World Cup qualifier, the U.S. need to win. They didn't win it. He was on the field. Uh, th- this was this was a guy who was at the time uh, along right along with Christian Pulisic was considered kind of the future of that of that U.S. national team uh, in a lot of ways. He had made his um, so debut I, one year prior to signing for us. Yeah, but I mean, he he still was a developing star on the national team and really played a lot of role. Look, I love Paul. I, I I think the problem with Paul, of course, as well, is that you have to look at 2020, obviously COVID year, uh, but he was injured that entire season, mm-hmm. did not play. So really, it's been four years. Um, he was uh, his first two seasons were on a team, particularly. Through back half of 2017, first half of 2018, to the Wayne Rooney arrive, a team that was just not very good or was certainly lacking a little bit of offensive direction. Um, injuries have hurt him, but when he's on the field, and, and this is why I'm, I'm at least a little bit positive, I, I hope he's back. I hope he's back on Wednesday. We need him. This team misses, yeah, this team misses his energy. Offense has not looked as effective. Um, and his energy can bring a lot. Honestly, I, I mean, I, I have to go with a, I have to go with a B plus. That's my score as well. I, I am yeah. also still grading these on a, a, a scale of who these players are, not like an absolute. <laughs> uh, so Wayne Rooney next. This is a, this could be spicy. I don't know. What do you think? Oh, it's so, it's so hard. I, I think I, I look back, and this is why I hope, I, I hope the ownership learned a lesson from Wayne Rooney, and that you can't just. I hope they didn't think, man, we nailed that coaching signing. We don't need to do anything else. No, no, no. You gotta, you gotta keep this going. You gotta, you gotta keep this, keep this going. Um, is is my hope at least. Um, but uh, with with you know with uh, with Wayne Rooney, great twenty eighteen, still was impactful for this team in twenty nineteen. But you know what? He didn't have any real stay. I mean, what what happened to this team immediately after he left? They completely collapsed. I mean, there was no real staying power. You don't really see. I see some, but you don't really see Wayne Rooney jerseys, DC jer- DC shirts around the stadium much anymore. They're all hanging up on the wall, like mine is right behind the right behind the camera. <laughs> fair, fair. I, I, it's. I don't know. I don't know how to grade him. I really don't. I'll what, grade him for what, you. What grade do you? I'm, I'm grading yeah. him an A. He scored 23 goals in 48 games. No, I, no. He. You. You talked about how the team fell apart when he left, or after he left, the team had no juice left anymore. That tells you the level of impact. He was signed as a player to make a, a difference at the box office. He did, but then also he ma- he managed to still be a guy who could score a goal every other game, and that is including 2019, where the back half of his season he was going through some sort of personal problems that we don't necessarily know for sure. He was already checked out, half wanting to leave, and and, and then was able to do so without having to uh, actually be transferred out, and what we were not able to re- receive any goods or services for his departure. And if you're comparing him to other designated players that we're looking at here, I cannot imagine a player who in the short time he was here, had a bigger impact. Dwayne De Rosario would be the only one that you could really hold up. And Wayne had the box office uh, and and sort of national media attention spotlight that Dwayne did not have because obviously he's, oh, yeah. he was a, a known quantity in the league. That's why I would rate him as an A on a curve for the for who DC United has signed in the past and for what he was able to do in a short time. That's my grade. What's your grade? I, yeah, I mean, I guess on the field, sure. I mean... Half a season in 2018, full season in 2019. I mean, year and a half. The problem for me is just 
the the promise i i don't grade on and i guess you're kind of going based on like pure on the field performance which i guess is fine that's objective subjectively i i give i needed i needed more from him if he if the dc if the team was going to pay him and uh, you know what I, i'm going to say a c I, really just on based on the fact of he had a great season 20 had back half of 20 team was transformative in a lot of ways we finished fourth we should we fin we basically finished i believe sorry we finished i think fifth the next season in 2019. So even was almost a regression. There wasn't the growth that and maybe that's on ownership. I'm not necessarily blaming Wayne Rooney, but I mean, I feel like his impact, his impact doesn't really have staying power because the team didn't really win anything. I'll feel didn't win an open cup. We didn't win a, you know, a supporter shield. We didn't win the, any type of, any type of tro- I mean, come on, tro- trophies matter. Sure. Trophies last matter. thing I'll say, last we, thing we, we won an open cup. We won an open cup with De Rosario on the roster. We did. Last thing I'll say about Wayne is that he was the team was uh, good around him in spite of the ownership's lack of spending. I feel like like the fact that he pulled he pulled him out and the whole table fell down. So obviously that the he that he was bringing something to the. I guess table uh, that that I don't think they were even expecting. So I, I I also will say if you look at the the duration of all the DPS here, uh, year and a half puts him in the top third of how long our DPS stay. Usually they're even gone faster than he was, which is yeah somewhat unbelievable. But which, which I think makes my uh, grade more justifiable. Lucas Rodriguez TT is listed as a, was he a DP or a young DP? In 2019, he was either I think he might have been a young DP. He might are the young DP or he was a Tam level. Player. He gets a C from me. What do you think? <clears throat> yeah, I, I C is fair. Okay, just you know, I, I think I think we I wish we had gotten to see more of him. Um, but I, I think it underscores what I hope happens this time around. And one of the bigger frustrations is people like TT Rodriguez. I think fans would have wanted him back, and they wanted to see more. It, it, the team was just unwilling to to make those types of moves to, 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 to really open the purse check. They always, they always feel like every year we had a player who was really good. Yamil Assad, great 2018 should have been purchased right out. Maybe we're ha- we're talking differently about him. If there wasn't that half a season where he was basically, you know, not really playing in South America, or maybe uh, they were right. right. And then they, they doubted themselves and made a boo-boo. <laughs> maybe, <Yeah. laughs> maybe, maybe that's the thing. Uh, TT is playing. Maybe. TT is playing very well in a league better than ours. He's got his, yeah. his average foot mob is a 7.2 for Tijuana. So uh, I think he's a player that where he's gone since proves that it was a it was a investment that the team should have made. Absolutely. I think that's. Yeah. And, and, and this is a policy. I mean, this team has 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 been on the cheap, even with designated players there. There is a reason there. There, there is a reason their designated players have not hit is because they have been sort of unwilling to really swing for the fences, even their big money signings are nothing really in comparison to a lot of other teams. So I, I hope Lucy Rushton brings maybe a fresh set of eyes. Maybe, you know, they, they've been big on data, data analytics. I'm hopeful that can maybe uh, get them some some big level players that they can really start to make a difference. We'll, we'll have to see. This is going to be probably the most, I feel like I say that every year, but this really, really does feel like a crucial, crucial offseason for this team to to show that they're serious. Um, and I, I, I have to say, I wonder, you know, if the team doesn't come through, how much longer is Lasada going to hold this out? Yeah. Will he finish I, out his contract? Become, yeah. That, that's a real question. We got one more to score, and that's uh, our current number 10, uh, Edison Flores. What, 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 what score are we giving uh, Eddie here? In- incomplete because he's still on the roster. Okay, I'll give him a D+. I, mean, I guess incomplete. What's that? I'll give him a D+. Plus. D+. Plus. 
<laughs> I, I'm ruling him incomplete just because we just have it. He, he hasn't yet. Ha- I mean, he hasn't had a consistent. I don't think he's played five games in uh, in a row. I, I, I would be shocked if he's done that at this point. I mean, he's been injured so much. And I, I don't know if that's his fault or, or who whose fault that is. I don't know if he's I don't know if he'll come back next year. I really don't. I don't know if the team will just even if they have to take a massive hit money wise, it might be worth it at this point just to get that salary off your roster. We'll see. There's the DPs. We'll see. Uh, uh, this a, a quick throwaway since I'm on the DP page. Teams that don't spend money can still hit. I'm looking right below us at Houston Dynamo. There's some misses, but Boniac Garcia, Giles Barnes, Demarcus Beasley, Mora Monotas, uh, Kubo Torres, Albert Alice, uh, all of those players for 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 summer for summer less all made uh, probably a better impact than most of DC United's DPs. Also, almost all of them, except for... Yeah, all of them came from a different league, whereas DC United actually got three... Of three MLS players to be <laughs> to be their DPs, and, and, and that's the nature of the team. Like I said, you know, I, I think that was the nature of what the team was at the time. Mm-hmm. Expectations are different now. Um, you better be. You need to, yeah, you need to go out. And you need to to spend money. Um, so I'm hopeful. You know, the 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 training facility is now built. Most of their like major projects are 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 mostly done now. So I'm hopeful they they're going out. They're getting minority ownership to to raise some capital. Um, so I'm hopeful that's going to be invested in the team. They're also hiring a lot better too. Lucy Rushton was a great hire, almost a coup for this team. They've hired a lot on their uh, coaching staff. They've hired a lot on the training staff, the youth side. Uh, they've done a lot to really grow uh, grow this team. Um, and you know we'll 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 have to wait and see. I'm, I'm hopeful we're going to see this team look a lot better and, and we can really get excited. We're going to try to get um, Lucy on the show in the off season to try to figure out what their yes. strategy is. That's that's going to be a goal for us to do. So we'll see if we can make that yes. happen. So let's yes. talk about the fact that all the right, DC United season is not over yet. <laughs> yeah, the season's not over yet. Not at all. John John just took us on a, a wild ride where we it's just called making totally content after two loss week, man. You got to give us a, get a little bit, <laughs> little bit of juice. Go ahead. Well, man, we we still we're still live, man. We got we got playoffs, and I got I took the time, so we got so we got some playoff uh, projections coming up. Uh, this is all from the the stat sports club sites stats dot com. Um, that's probably the, it's really the only site I could find. I, I did, I did some other, I guess I looked at 538 as well. Um, according to sports club stats, we have a 31.7% chance of making the playoffs. So basically rolling a one, two or a three on a 10 sided die. Um, 28.7% for 538. Uh, the, the real, the real, the real meat of the conversation comes into the what if scenarios. Um, and DC basically for lack of a better word needs to win out. Um, they they went out their next three games and I I will I will there there were some stats out there about how uh, they they don't necessarily control they don't control the destiny and for the most part that is true uh, but there is I was kind of breaking down the standings and and I think really this is going to come down to so so New York Red Bulls have four games left so they actually have one more game coming up but they play Atlanta and they play uh, Montreal both teams that are ahead of us and both teams that are chasing. That's important for two reasons in the fact that DC in and of themselves are uh, are basically uh, – DC are chasing both those teams and DC is basically two points back of each of those teams. So each, any of those teams slip – so basically Red Bulls – if Atlanta beats the Red Bulls and DC beats the Red Bulls, DC moves ahead of them, recontrols their destiny. It, even if even if DC beats the Red Bulls and then D, you know Red Bulls beat Atlanta, DC moves ahead of Atlanta at that point. So – in 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 all actuality, in all actuality, that the the 
Destiny is still kind of pretty much in in DC's hands if they can win out these next three games. There is a sure there's some math out there you could do to say that they won't make the playoffs, but win these three games, you make the playoffs. You draw one of them, it gets harder. Uh, Sports Club stats gets a 71% chance if that happens. Uh, anything other than that, uh, basically you're looking at less than a coin flip. So it really, I mean, the way you break this down, the the next three games are fortunate for DC that two their two toughest games, Red Bulls and Crew are at home. You got to win your home games. You got to win this next two games. You got to find a way. Hopefully Areola comes back. Hopefully things get back. Hopefully you have a smart TV so you can watch it on DCUnited.com on Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that that's all fine. I, I don't know. Yeah, that I, I, there's got to be there's got to be a new solution for that. Come mm-hmm. on. I mean, I I get not having the game, but can you put it on the NBC Sports app? Can you do something so that I can tune in on my TV instead mm-hmm. of I'm going to probably have to figure out the iPad and casting or something like that. And I've I've heard I've heard some horror stories about the watching the game on stream. I've done so. that. <laughs> yes, it's not the best. Yeah. Yeah, but so um, they, they like you said, winning winning all three here, the projections here say all three and you're in 100%. If they lose one, like you said, less than a coin flip. Uh, but the, I mean, really, just just win all three games. I, other other, yeah. other than that, there, uh, it's there, it's doable, right? I think it, as these games it's are constituted, doable. like you said, the fact that two of them are at home, the that they're a little condensed is a little bit of a problem from a from a hurt team perspective. But every, I mean, this is the end but, of the season. This is the way everybody's. This is what everyone's doing. It's- I mean, in a way, you had the benefit by getting blown out by New York that you basically just yanked everybody off at Julian halftime. Julian Russell's so. rested now. He's literally on yeah, feet up on a on a on a pool floaty. You rested a bunch of guys. You had you have time to get ready. Your games are at home. Um, I, I mean, I think they got to figure out a way to get. This is a moment where I say, if if I'm Hernan Lasada, the game's one one. I'm pulling the keeper. I'm pulling everybody to try to. To try to figure out a way, and I think actually New York, New York Red Bulls are going to kind of come into this game, maybe looking for a draw, maybe looking just to get a point because it just denies DC a chance to move ahead of them. Um, so, uh, so that the Red Bulls game, I think, is going to be uh, if I had to choose a game that we that that we need to win. So we look at the two, I think, two wins, one draw. So you know, but I don't think each of the, I don't think any of those games have necessarily an equal weight. I think a draw against Red Bulls is probably worse than if we drew uh, we drew Crew or even Toronto uh, because of where they sit in the standings. Um, I think all in all honesty, you need to beat the Red Bulls on Wednesday, hundred percent. That needs to be a win uh, because that opens up everything else. Otherwise, then you really are relying on help. I think at that point. Um, so I, I I think the these three games do not have equal weight. Wednesday is the most important. Um, and then the crew, uh, the crew are struggling. I think they've, they, and also they'll be without, uh, Giassi Zardes. So they are really, uh, they are basically out without him till the rest of the season. So they got to figure that out. Um, again, you know, just, I think you focus on these next two games, you get some rest and then you see where you stand on, on, on Sunday. Maybe things go really in your favor and you can kind of cruise a little bit. Cause I think at this point it's just, let's just make the playoffs, make the playoffs and we can call the season a success. Um, I wanted to ask you a question about this. If someone showed you this this chart right here, someone showed you the season, someone showed you everything at the beginning of the year, would you would you have been happy? Would you have been happy with the team? Uh, at the very before we saw any games, before we saw any games, before we saw anything about this team. Uh, I, I guess I would. I guess I would. Um, it's hard. It's really hard. It's really hard to put yourself in that face. But you have to remember, we were not. There was not. There was even amongst us. I think we were kind of like. 
this was maybe like where we thought we'd be like worst case scenario. We were going to be like down near the bottom best case scenario. We were going to be like maybe in the, you know, in the playoffs kind of competing. Right. I mean, but really we're pretty close to where we, I think many fans had us at the beginning of the year. After so. a month or two, I think we would, this was our worst case scenario after two months. We were like, or I'm trying to remember when it was. I know that we we could go yeah. back in the archives. Oh yeah. But it was basically, 100%. but it was basically like, uh, Eighth place was our worst, <laughs> the, the lowest we'd accept. Uh, and that, that looks like, yes, we can have that if they g- go three unbeaten or almost three unbeaten. Or th- go, they have to go yeah. three unbeaten, basically. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I think I have to say at the beginning of the season, I would have been okay with it. Uh, next year, I'm not okay with it. Now, already, no, I'm ahead of not. time. <laughs> I'm saying that for, next, for, for future John and Ted uh, in October of 2022. Won't be okay with. By that. the way, um, we we have some injury updates coming here from uh from Stephen Golf. By the way, for so we have uh, Brilliant uh, out forever. Ankle out. <laughs> yep, Nyman quad sidelined this week. Uh, Areola uh, growing. Nahar undisclosed to be determined Wednesday versus Red Bulls. I I I have to hope that that Nahar that Nahar situation is like a. I'm trying to like hide that whether he's injured or lower not body because injury he changes. Yeah, so he because he changes how how we how we play and he changes how teams prepare for us and it's hundred percent true, hundred percent true. Uh, before we transition the spirit, quick congratulations to uh, Kumi Yakimoto. Uh, they uh, apparently proposed to I'm assuming uh, I'm assuming girlfriend and uh, she said yes apparently so and uh, I could see Paige Nielsen sitting in there on the in, field in, too. In Very the, cool on the field too, which is really cool. Which is really really cool really cool for them. Um, so yeah, congratulations to Kumi on that one. Two, uh, two, two DC United roster uh, puzzles that I want to get your their thoughts on before you move to the spirit. Uh, sure. One of them is uh, the fact that uh, uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, one, of, <laughs> one of them is the Producer fact. Brian hit the wrong yeah, button. One, <laughs> everybody. One of them is the fact that uh, DC United travel with two goalkeepers instead of bringing Emil Assad to sit on the bench. Emil Assad apparently was did not make the plane trip or the train trip or however they got up there to new york probably hopefully train. it was a plane was a plane like a yeah. speed speed trip yeah then. it was a, uh they're still doing i think they're still doing charter i, I think eventually mls is just going to give up and good they should uh yeah yeah i think the players are really going to say look you've been doing it for a year let's just keep doing it so Yamil was out of the bar that night uh after after not making the roster uh we uh, we will not see him again i would say that 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 yeah think think about how bad you've had to screw up and how mad you have had to make the coach in a in a situation where they have almost no attacking depth players, they rather bring a a, a second goalkeeper who is never going to get in another game. Also for other reasons, uh, that 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 that's how bad you've screwed things up. That's isn't that wild? I, I don't mean it's, it's not only really a question. It's just like that's that's crazy to me. Um, it's it's really sad because I mean. Uh, it, it's really sad because I, I don't I don't know what it is. Like, I mean, he we all kind of thought I think we looked at every player and Yamil was one of them. We kind of looked and said, hey, he could flourish in the system. He played really well. I mean, I think it was a sim- it wasn't a full press, but it was a similar kind of pressing style that uh, that Tata Martino played in Atlanta. Basically, we thought, you know, hey, here that here that's coming into D.C. This could be a real boon for him. Um, and it just has not worked. He just hasn't been good. And I think he I it, I think it's also a case of. He's gone this year. That opens up uh, at least some some pretty significant salary cap. Yep, some pre- pretty significant. I salary think it's room, fitness. So. I think he looked a little. I think he looked a little uh, puffy uh, when he was running on the sidelines before. After also, it was kind of strange. I had not seen this before. 
uh, Yamil, Fred Briant, and one other player, Griffin, were running wind sprints during the game. Instead of after the game, usually unused subs will run after the game. They were running on the end line in like like 75th minute on in the New England game. I was like, that's that's unusual. Not seen that very often. Uh, and then the other thing was Bill Hamid clearly playing injured in a situation where uh, if he hurts it worse, we are really up S Creek without a paddle. What does that tell you about the depth that they have signed and backup and how, and the fact that we're going to have two other new goalkeepers next year for sure. Yep. I, I, I think that was, we have, we have talked all this season that, that, that to me was interesting because I was like, well, I mean, I, I sort of trusted and what I'd seen from Hernan Lasada and how he treats injuries and that if you're not a hundred percent, you're not going to play. Absolutely right. This was, and, and, and I wondered, and I wondered, I think I speculated. I'm like, you know, yeah, he's doing it at the beginning of the year. What happens in the, you know, what happens towards the end of the season? I think we found our answer. Uh, he's willing to say, you know what, uh, Bill, you're our best shot to stay alive in this playoff race. And the, the, the margin is razor thin, razor thin, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, so you're going to stay. I know you're not 100, percent but you're going to stay. When he was um, walking so. off, when he was walking off at halftime, and he gave a high, like he gave a high five to to uh, Thornton on the way in. He was, I th- I think I saw him make a thumbs down. He looked, he was limping off, like he looked like a guy who was not able to play. So clearly, like you said, they must have got him on the training table, and they're like, listen, man, you've seen these other games. I will take a one legged you over a two legged <laughs> over a two legged John Kempen, but. You know that's that, that's just damning. I think that's really. I don't know. Yeah. I, you know, we don't we don't get to watch the training sessions. Or we we got this, we've gotten to see enough game tape now on John Kempen, but I don't know what happened to Chris Seitz where he's not even considered to be a physical option uh, in, in that situation. So clearly, that's two new players coming in. Uh, we'll see who that's going to be, but for sure, someone uh, uh, Angus asking if Jay Forda has uh, has his green card. He's looked pretty poor for Loudon as well. So yeah. I, I think he, I think he and John <laughs> Kempen may, may be uh, comparable. Uh, for maybe or Kempen probably much better, actually. There may be a few young players. I mean, I think Ted Kupietro, I'll be curious to see what kind of looks he gets. I think he's been the one player who I think has played semi-decently for Loudon. Uh, but uh, basically, he's we're talking great. young players. He's played, yeah, he's had, I think he did 25 yeah. starts uh, this season. Mm-hmm. Health was his concern. Uh, pr- Previously, Ryan Martin made like sort of a, a cryptic statement about the players who were playing for Loudon. You might be seeing for DC United soon, um, and I don't know if that was just because they're going to be an MLS two side, uh, <laughs> MLS two side soon. But yeah, there's a there there's a, probably two or three players there that you're looking for to to see if they can make a step up. You know, we got yeah. Open Cup next next year. It's a more opportunities yeah. for teams to, to play younger players. Absolutely. Absolutely. Giovanni, Giovanni Boulevard as well, I think, has looked he's looked pretty, pretty solid. As yeah, well, so. he, he has not played the last um, couple so, games. I'm wondering if he's injured or if they, he's got a loan situation. So we'll see there. So what's uh, yeah, what's let's talk spirit here. A little bit of news broke yes. right before we right before we went on the air. Uh, a story. Once again, the athletic continues to be the the bane of Steve Baldwin's existence by scooping everyone all the time and uh, uh, lighting him up. DC United and, and the spirit are having a bit of a con, bit of a open disagreement about where the spirit are training. The spirit apparently trained for one or two days at the new complex in Loudoun until there was a disagreement about what that means for the rest of the season and signing a long-term contract. They're now playing at an, at a high school in Alexandria. This is a team that is playoff bound uh, in the NWSL. This is a team that has been dealing with just unbearable amounts of crap 
uh, all, all season long. Uh, and this is sort of what they're doing here uh, as we come up to the end of the season. The details of the story are uh, interesting insofar as DC United is saying, yeah, you can you can train here for the rest of the year. We're going to want you to sign a long-term contract on this right now. Uh, Michelle Kang is, is very heavy into the details, which is great to see, the fact that she has now taken that role. Uh, also interesting to see Michelle and Ben Olsen are working together on this. Apparently, Ben Olsen, the, the conversation was originally much more uh, uh, contentious. I think that the temperatures have been lowered a little bit, according to, to, to Pablo. Uh, so the fact that I think there's some hopes that things will get settled here quickly. But uh, DC United built a, a, ter- a, a grass-only field for the Spirit to train on. Uh, they want... Uh, something in something in the neighborhood of seventeen thousand dollars or seventy five thousand dollars a year rent, uh, and I think I think there's just an open confusion right now about who's the owner of the spirit, where are they going to be, at, what happens if you sign a contract, and Michelle Kang still wants to open up her own potentially where she to get ownership, mm-hmm. an independent training facility, which I think that would be fine. I think they'd probably deserve that too. Uh, as a DC United fan, I'd love them to be able to have a tenant and make the money. But as a spirit, as a spirit supporter, I think that having something their own that they don't have to like check with anyone else for anything they do would also be good. Hearing, hearing, hearing that, and and hearing what 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 Kang is promising to do, what she appears very, you know, again, pro- promises are can only get you so far. But it's still baffling to me that the league is not doing everything they can to get the spirit in her hands. Fully, one hundred percent. I don't and, think they can do much. If you the the quote from the the temporary NWSL commissioner was very. They, much, they said they could force a sale if they wanted to. Could I mean, right, they, but could. they hedged it so much. It was basically like, we would love for this to go without us having to do that. <laughs> please, please yeah. do this in any way that doesn't involve uh, make us have to like hit the nuke, and that's kind of what this the, would be. This definitely, I mean, we all, I mean, we can't really speculate. And the article, I was kind of reading the article to say, okay, where does this, where does this kind of fall? Um, uh, who, who's, who's holding this up? Who, who's causing this? I, I mean, do we all, we all think it's gotta be something with, with Steve Baldwin? I think, it, I think it's yeah, just, I think it's just the a nature of the weird situation they find themselves in about having yeah. temporary ownership and having, and also, and this was brought up on Twitter, like what kind of businessman signs a contract, a 10 year deal or whatever it was with DC United as his partnership and not have ironed out what the cost would be for, for using the facility. It was a good faith agreement. With a with a fee decided at a later time, that's insane on both sides. Well, yeah. I mean, better for DC United because they they're like, well, we have the facility and you don't, so uh, our <laughs> we're gonna the rent will change based on our needs. Versus if you made an agreement at the end of the time, that would be done. But uh, that's the, I think that's the big problem. I think this solves itself. The team gets sold here, hopefully, relatively soon, uh, or at least hopefully to Michelle Kang. Hopefully. I mean, hearing her saying hear, hearing saying she is taking over the more day to day operations, I think is. A positive that yep. I think maybe she she is on the I mean I don't think she's taking over the day to day if if there, there's no hope at this point of her not owning this team. Um, so I'm not sure if it's day to day or if it's just on this particular issue she is engaged fully because I think Steve can't be or said he wouldn't be and Bill Bill's been taking like a no show job here for 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 a third of the year. So also someone just brought up that with- there's an open training session on Friday for season ticket holders. Where that will be, I don't know if that's a TBD or if you guys are going to be hanging yeah. out at a high school. Uh, we'll see. Uh, let us know, uh, Riss, uh, how this goes. I'm sure we'll hear about it on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, uh, should be fine. But again, I think I think it's a 
it, it is good. Apparently, I think Ben Olsen played a role in kind of getting getting DC to bring their price down. Yep. Um, I, I think maybe that's a look. The spirit took off. You don't have to pay me anymore. So why don't you give us a nice little yeah. discount? Um, <laughs> because you don't have to pay. You don't have to pay me anymore because I took a new job. So um, it's like a severance deal. He was like, "Let's well, yeah. just just on that alone. I'm sure you can make the money." I think he probably told them. You remember how back when I was your coach and we had no money? Uh, that's like the spirit. Like they don't have any money. So like <laughs> you know, have a heart. Remember what things used to be like, and what they're kind of still like. Uh, Pablo Pablo does drop that he does think that this will get worked out. That apparently, Good. you know, this may be even a little contentious. Uh, gut feeling is that this gets worked amicably in conversations with people with familiar sides. Folks seem pretty reasonable. I bet it so gets done tomorrow after the story came out. That's yeah. my bet. Yeah, I, 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 that would be a pretty. I would be if I were a betting man. That would be a good bet. I, and actually, I do bet. And you shouldn't be a better because was... uh, the, the Wizards are right now disappointing me. <laughs> Uh, says is you, John. Man, just don't don't bet on. You best not bet on any more DC games. I, I better not see any. I any, bet draw. I bet draw against New England too. Uh, last week, <laughs> and I, when they were when they were tied for a short second, I was like, I'm a genius. I'm so yeah. smart. And I wasn't. Okay, and Sports. the spirit, of course, uh, uh, play. I think they play Sunday. Saturday, right? Uh, Sunday, the thirty yeah. first so Sunday too. To wrap out their season, uh, the the good news is the good news is from a perspective of if they do host a playoff game, Stephen Golf has said they will be playing at Audi Field, so that is a very very good thing uh, for the team. I think coming up uh, and a win, and they uh, and good they for, get a home game, and good for media people who are credentialed to cover that they don't have to sit outside under a tent if it's at, at Segra. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, now I think I think it might have been. Well, I think it was. I think it just. It definitely did just happen to work out that they they need the date. Uh, I think that'll be a game to to highlight for people if you can make it out there. That'll I think will be sometime November fifth or sixth if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Um, probably around that time. Um, so definitely definitely good to see that 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 game will be at Howdy Field if they should they host a playoff game and they stand a pretty good chance of doing that. Um, a lot of things kind of have to go their way, uh, but I, I would say they have a good chance of of getting a home playoff game. Got to got to win against uh, against the Houston Dash. Uh, Gotham FC, by the way, uh, Drew. They're the team to watch right now for as as far as standings go for for them. They play Racing Louisville at home on Thursday and win. then Sunday <laughs> against also against Racing Louisville. I don't know, man. FC Kansas City uh, also bottom of the table, and that was one one. So um, I don't know, man. Uh, crazy, crazier things have happened. Just like any of the teams uh, in the playoffs right now. The, don't look at the rest of the teams. I, I picked out Red Bulls because they actually have the toughest schedule. Uh, everybody else has cupcakes. <laughs> Great, uh, cool. Atlanta, Atlanta has the Red Bulls and then cupcakes. Uh, Montreal has the Red Bulls and then cupcakes. Uh, and uh, New York City also has uh, FC has cupcakes as well. As far as games go, um, so uh, definitely, definitely don't look at the rest of the games. I'm but, honestly ready a little uh, bit for the off season. That, I think it's going to be exciting. Uh, yeah, I, I think there's been a lot of change, and for a DC United podcast, that is the best we can ask for. And then also, yeah, also even just thinking about our release schedule in, in an off season setting, I don't even just thinking about that sort of fondly. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I, I I do want I do I, I do want this team to make the playoffs. Yes. I'm not. I'm not losing out hope that they can do that. I think making the playoffs would be good. I think it would be a symbol, and and I think it would it would give Hernan some leverage if he can manage this. This is probably the toughest part of his of his tenure right now. Yep. Um, to try to get this team remotivated after refocused. getting shellacked uh, in a in a yeah. not quite must win, but kind of wanted to win game. Yeah, I think this is yeah, this it, is his backs against it right here. This will be a good moment for him. 
Yeah, absolutely. So it'll be fun to see you on Wednesday. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Again, twitch twitch.tv slash RFQ Refugees. Give us that free, free sub to, with Amazon. Thank you. Give us that free sub with Amazon. Do it. Um, also, if you don't want to do the free sub by now, we still have our Patreon page. Still open patreon.com slash If you're already giving on that, that's great. We appreciate it. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that's going to do it, guys. We'll catch you guys uh, next Monday. Vamos. Vamos. <laughs>